Amen. Well, what a time of worship together. And it's so good to celebrate our risen King. And can we welcome everybody real quick online? Just say hello to them and make sure they know. They're welcome and a part of our church family. We know people start traveling a little bit. And just want to remind you, if you're traveling this week, all of our Christmas Eve services will, will be able, you'll be able to tune in on the 23rd and on the 24th. I want to remind you about that and to be a part of that. Uh, my name's Nate. I want to welcome you, one of the pastors. We're in this series called Behold. Uh, and we're looking at the story of Christ's entrance into the world. And what's amazing is this. In every story, when the angel came to Mary, one of the first things he tells Mary to do is behold, because you're going to be with child. And it's like, look out, you know, it's like your life's about ready to change. And, and he says, hey, behold. And then the, the, the angel shows up to the shepherds. And, he lo- and we looked at it last week where he says this. He says, behold, for good news will be for all people. And today in the town of David, in Bethlehem, and this idea of beholding is this idea of looking up and seeing our Savior to look at the goodness of God. And today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn there already. We're going to get there in a second. But what we're going to continue to see is this. After the angel goes to the shepherds, Simeon, who's a priest, sees Jesus on the eighth day after he's born. He's going to be uh, offered to the Lord, to be dedicated to the Lord. We do family dedication around here to say, hey, we believe our children are a gift from God and God, they are yours and we're to steward them. That was a Jewish tradition. And what Simeon says is when he sees Jesus is what he says, behold, he goes, behold, here is this child, the savior of the world. And what's amazing is this, here's why we're talking about this word behold. It's not just a Christmas theme. This is actually our theme and our prayer for 2023 as we start it is this, because what we behold is who we become. What you and I behold, what you and I, I got my notification this morning on my iPhone, screen time. And for some of you, maybe you get that and it shows you where you have been beholding, right? It's like too much Candy Crush, right? School's out, right? Or, you know, what you've been beholding and it shows all the different stuff. But here's why it shows you that. Sometimes you don't recognize what you spend your time on, but I'm telling you this, what you behold is who you become. And we know that around this, uh, specifically around this Christmas time, it's easy just to behold the traffic, right? You know, some of you who drove down from the knobs this morning, you are beholding some traffic right now. Like going there, the bridge is out, and you're like, help me Jesus, right? You know, in this season. And I actually had a buddy text me this. He went to the U of L game earlier this week, and he texted me this picture. He's like, who'd you pay off at the Yum Center, man? Right, you know, and it just said, behold. He goes, literally, I look up at this, there, it's saying, behold. I look up at the scoreboard before the game. It's just going, behold, behold, behold. And lo and behold, U of L won. The Lord was with him, right? You know, it's like, it was a Christmas miracle, right? They won their first game, right? No, 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 I'm all, I'm all for Coach Payne. I want to see him win. But what's amazing is this. When he started beholding this word, guess what happened? He started seeing behold everywhere. And what began to happen, he was just honest. He was going, you know what? I'm beginning to look for it. I'm beginning to see it. See, our hope and our prayer this year as we head in the new year, as we, as we spend time preparing this week for Christmas Eve, is, this, is that we would really behold all of who Jesus is. I'm talking every single thing about him, his grace, his mercy, his attitude, his plan, his purpose, his power. Jim talked about this at the beginning of the service. Uh, Next year, uh, we're going to be going through this study guide called Quest 52 to help us in our daily life behold Jesus. And and here's why we're going to go through it here in a moment. We're going to dive into Luke chapter 2, and you're going to behold Jesus. You're going to begin to see him today. This is what we're going to be talking about, is that you and I get to behold our peace. We need to behold peace. 
And here's what I want to let you know. This is why the word of God is so important. It tells us who Jesus is. And I want to invite you, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we've been praying about this. We bought a thousand Bibles to give away this next year. And I just want to let you know, if you don't have a Bible or you got a friend who doesn't have a Bible out in the living room, we've got Bibles. It's not real genuine leather, but it's really nice faux leather. All right. You know what I'm saying? They're like, like, you know, hey, we bought a thousand of them, right? We couldn't go. Like, but we got some pink ones. We got some teal ones. We got black and brown Bibles. But hey, go out there and pick one up. If you don't have one, we want you to have it because we want you to behold Jesus. And not only that, that's why we talk about this Quest 52. It's just daily devotions to help us get in God's word. And if it's your first time, we'll, we want you to give it, we want to give it to you for free. It's just eight bucks. Uh, we undercut Amazon. It's a miracle of the Lord, right? We bought so many of them. It's cheaper than you get on Amazon. But here's what's going to happen when you dive into God's word this year. You're going to become more like God. See, there's never a time when we begin to open God's word, to open our life to God's word, that he wasted. I love one of the, my favorite passages in Isaiah is this, is that God's word never returns void. That when you and I open our lives up to God's word, even if you're here today going, I don't know if I'm really interested. I just know this, when you begin to open your life to God, he's going to make you more like him. He's going to begin to change your life. And we want to invite, we're inviting life groups to do it. Matter of fact, uh, I, I'm going to walk through this with my fifth grader. It's so easy and accessible. And every week there's different challenges. It's not the same thing every day. But I can't think of a better thing to invest in my fifth grader over the next year than the hope in the word of Jesus. I'm going, this is what it looks like to raise next generations. Maybe you're not in a life group as a married couple or you get some friends at work. Matter of fact, one lady here, I love it. She's starting a Bible study at her work because she knows a lot of her friends won't come to church. So she's bringing the church to work, right? And I love it, man. And this is what God is doing. He's going, I want you to behold your peace. See, this is what Jesus has to offer. He is the Prince of Peace. He comes to meet us in our pain and in our situation, and he gives us peace. The only thing is this, when you begin to study the story of the Israelites, God's people in the Old Testament, the only thing is this, they, were, they wanted peace. The only thing was this, they were having to wait for peace. And as followers of Jesus, here's what happens. When we become followers of Jesus, he gives us his presence. But here's the thing, you and I right now today as followers of Jesus, we are waiting for the return of our king. So either way, in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, as followers of Jesus, here's the thing about Jesus' peace. You and I are also in a season of waiting. I don't know about you. I hate to wait. And uh, I, I don't know if you're wired this way. Uh, I would rather, my wife always just jokes about it all the time. If I'm sitting in traffic, I'll pull up the app and I'll see what traffic lines are. And I will drive 10 miles out of the way just so I don't have to sit in traffic. If that's you, would you just, these are my people, right? Yeah, I heard an amen. That's right, brother, right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm just going, I don't want to wait. And my wife, Ruthie, she has patience. This is the beauty of the, the church we build into each other. And uh, she's like, just wait. It's going to be shorter. And I'm like, I hate to wait. Even if it means more money on gas and it actually puts me there five minutes later, I feel like I've accomplished something because I didn't have to wait, right? I'm just more broke and late, right? You know, but, but I, just, I just go, man, I don't want to sit still. And I don't know if you're maybe you're there today where you're going, you're in a situation in your life and you just feel like you're sitting still. Talked to a buddy yesterday. Uh, he's nearing retirement. He's a believer, but I just asked him. I said, hey, wait, what's going on? So you get near retirement? He said, yep. And uh, I said, well, well what's going to kind of be the final domino, you know, before you retire, what's your plans on all that? And he's just honest. He goes, waiting for the stock market to get back where it was, and then I'll retire. 
I said, so you're never going to retire. That's incredible, right? You know, it's all those things. He's a, you know, he's just a godly man, but here's what it is. He knows, he knows, he's like, I'll retire when this happens. But here's, what, here's where he's at. He's in a season of waiting. I'm waiting for this scenario to change. And he loves God and he follows God. He just knows in order for that to happen, I'm waiting. Some of you are here in this season and you're waiting for some relationships in your life to be healed. Some of you are in a a painful situation and you're trying to recover from this last season of life and you're waiting for your recovery. See, this is why Jesus brings us peace in this season. But we have to be honest with where we're waiting. Uh, Last week, my daughter, she's in fifth grade, came up to Ruthie and I, and she just said, Mom and Dad, she said, I don't like surprises so just tell me what I'm getting for Christmas, right? You know, and I'm like, at first we thought it was gonna be real deeply spiritual, right? You know, we're talking about Christmas and why Jesus come and this, that, whatever. Nope, I don't like surprises. Tell me what I'm getting. And we're like, nope, not how it works, right? You are gonna have to wait. And what's amazing is here in Luke chapter two, what you find is this. You find a man, Simeon, who was a priest in the temple. He was a good, faithful Jewish man who followed God. But here's the thing, he was in a season of waiting, See, oftentimes for you and I, when we're waiting for something, we feel like we're all alone, don't we? Like we're the only one in this season. We're the only one struggling in this. We're the only one walking through this. And listen how the scenario starts in Luke chapter 2 with Simeon. It says Jesus begins to be brought into the temple to be dedicated on the eighth day. His parents are good Jewish people. They're following it. They're going to dedicate him to the Lord to say, hey, he is a gift from the Lord. He is yours, God. We are to raise him, to know you, to follow you. And listen to what it says in verse 25. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. That's who he was. And then listen to what it says. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, meaning the peace and the comfort of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. What I want us to look at today is this. You and I, we are in a season of waiting. And maybe the only thing you're waiting on is Christ's return. Maybe things are great in your life today, praise God. But what I find is this. Here is our peace is this, is that God is working in our waiting. See, this is the good news of the peace of Jesus in this season. You and I may be waiting on something, but we have to see specifically in the story of Simeon, God is working in his waiting. It says this, that he was waiting even though he was a righteous and devout man of God. See, sometimes I can be confused and I think if I'm waiting on something, God has forgotten me. God has not forgotten Simeon. Matter of fact, it says this, that he sent the Holy Spirit to be upon him, to speak to him, to say, before you die. A lot of commentators believe that Simeon was around 100 years old. And he says, before you die, you are going to see your peace. You are going to see the consolation. You are going to see the comfort of Israel. Can you imagine what that was probably like for Simeon every day? He's about 100 years old and he wakes up. He's like, I bet today's the day. And he sees this child walk in and he's like, Lord, is this the one? Nope, okay, all right, you know, and every day he's, just, he's in this waiting. God, you know I'm about ready to die, and you said you're going to let me see it, and I can just imagine this joy. But here's the thing, God is always working in our waiting. Oftentimes we miss the peace of God because we're thinking about all the things that we're waiting for. 
But I love this word here. It says this, that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for his peace. That word consolation literally means comfort. This is why I love Christmas, because all the comfort food comes out. At our life group party this last week, it was so great. We just did hot appetizers. Everybody brought hot appetizers. My wife, man, she made these bacon-wrapped dates stuff with blue cheese. Praise the Lord, right? You know what I'm saying? And it was like, you know, there was this like sausage bread thing. Somebody brought a Crave case and a 10-pack of tacos from Taco Bell. It was a feast, man, right? It was awesome. It was so good. This is why we love life groups. We're coming together. We're just feasting, man. It is so good. And we have so much comfort food. And then the next day, I'm just full of conviction. I'm like, what happened? have I done, right? But at Christmas, man, we're looking for comfort. And the good news is this, God brings us his comfort. He does bring us his conviction, but he does it with his peace. Literally, what's amazing is this, if you do a word study of this word consolation, this word peace and comfort, it shows up in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. And listen what Paul tells the church in Corinth, because every church, he knows this, they're looking for their peace, See, as Christians, if we don't have peace, we don't know how to operate. If we don't have peace, we don't know how to be present in the world. And this is what a world needs. A world needs people who are grounded in their peace. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Paul writes to him and he opens the letter and he just says, Hey, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Some of you are here today, maybe you've asked this question. I know I've asked this question before. God, what do I have to offer the world? God, I'm not a professional. God, I'm not a millionaire. God, I don't have connections. God, what do I have to even offer the world? God, I'm, I'm just in junior high. Actually, I keep forgetting. It's middle school, Nate, not junior high, right? God, I'm just, I'm just in elementary. What do I have to offer the world? Can I just encourage you? You have the peace of God to offer the world. The God of all comfort comforts us in all troubles through Jesus. And then he says this, so that you can comfort one another with the comfort you've received. You know what you have to offer the world? The peace of Jesus. Think about that for a moment. That God goes, I want to not just give you my peace. I want to give you my peace so that the hurting and broken world around you can have peace. See, Jesus gives us a peace that's unlike anything else. It's bigger than any government program. It's better than any Christmas present you'll get this year. It outlasts every generation. It outlasts every family heirloom. It is what we're looking for. And what I love about the peace of Christ is this. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is comfort in our conflict. That's what the peace of Christ is. Matter of fact, listen what happens. This is what Simeon says. It says in verse 27, moved by the spirit, Simeon went into the temple courts. And then it says this, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law was required, was to dedicate him to the Lord, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Now, this isn't like a stranger at Meyer taking your child out of the cart, right? That would be way, way weird, right? Call security, right? What he's, well, he's a priest, and he would take them in his arms, and he would dedicate them to the Lord. And Simeon takes Jesus, and he praises God. And listen to what he says, sovereign Lord. 
As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in what? Peace. Simeon knows this, God's peace is big enough and good enough to face every problem, even if it is your last day. Prayed with the lady after service, came down, she just prayed, tears in her eyes. She said, I'm so sorry to bother you to ask for prayer. And then she just said this, I've been given six months to live. Right here, just over here. You know what she needed? Peace. You know what Jesus gives Simeon in his last day? Peace. Peace that overcomes the grave. Peace that overcomes our sins. See, Jesus didn't come just to die to take away our sins. Jesus came to die and rise again to defeat death once and for all so that you and I, no matter if we're facing our last day, we may have peace. Amen? This is the good news of Jesus. See, sometimes, here's my mistake. My mistake is this. I'm trying to get peace in life, and I fail to remember that peace has come to get me in Jesus. Peace isn't just the light at the end of the tunnel. Peace of Jesus is the light like that comes into the tunnel of my life like a freight train and goes, it's not you just wandering in darkness till maybe you find the light at the end of the tunnel. It is the light that comes into the tunnel of our darkness and is with us in our darkest moments. See, this is the light that we need. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. He writes to every church to remind them about their peace because this is what he knows. He knows specifically as Christians, if you try to operate with peace without letting Jesus be your peace, you will not have peace. You won't. You and I will just spin our wheels trying to create our own peace. Listen to what he says in Colossians chapter 1. He says, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. And through him, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. I was deeply convicted this week by that phrase, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Some of the greatest regrets of my life have come from when I tried to create my own peace rather than by trusting the peace of Christ. Can I just let you know too, I, I, feel, uh, I, I feel like there is more pressure than ever before that's put on us, not just as Christians, but it's put on us as the world to make something of ourselves. There's more pressure on social media. You can't post an ugly hair day, do you, right? Like, what do we post? We post our best hair day, right? You don't post your ugly side. You post your best side, right? You don't, you don't post your first family picture. We post our 15th picture, right, that we take, right? We do all the things. And I'm just telling you, man, there is something that is just dark about that, that, that Satan just wants to trick us to go, you have to make your own peace this year. And see, it's not you and I making peace it is that Jesus came to make peace for us through his blood shed on the cross. He frees you and I from having to make something of ourselves so that peace can make something of us. So that peace can speak into our soul. I'm telling you, the peace of Christ is oftentimes the most overlooked ingredient that you and I leave out in our life. We begin to think that if we can build our life, then we'll have peace. I just want to let you know, you build your life from the peace of Christ. Matter of fact, I was thinking about that, that, that passage, and I was reminded uh, when I was about 10 years old, 
uh, my sister and I, my, my, both my parents worked growing up. And so when I was 10 and my sister was 13, they, they allowed us to stay home together. By the grace of God, we're still here today. And, uh, and we love each other, right? And, and I remember that summer, what we would do is this. We started having like cooking, you know, we were like, hey, we got, you know, ingredients here. Let's make some stuff. And I remember one day we just wanted to make some cookies. We want to make some no-bakes because I hate to wait and you don't have to bake them, right? You know, and it's like, hey, we're gonna make some no-bakes. And, uh, and I remember we got, we got the ingredients out and we got the mixing bowl out and we, we put the hot cocoa, you know, we got the chocolate going together. And, and then it's like oats, you know, you, put the, you get the oats together. We got some other ingredients. And then there was one last ingredient. I don't know if you guys make no-bakes. Anybody remember what the key ingredient to no-bake cookies are? Peanut butter. We go to the cabinet, no peanut butter. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. These are no-bake cookies. You don't have to bake them. They'll be fine, right? We mix it up, start pouring it on, on, the, on the, uh, the plate to put in to the oven. And when they pour it on there, they just kind of went everywhere, right? You know, it was like, and I'm like, well, that's weird. I guess when they cook, they'll form together. We put them in, they came out, right? And it was nothing. It was just like this puddle of cookie. Like it was, it was terrible, right? Here's what I realized. If you don't have peanut butter and no-bake cookies, you ain't got no cookies, right? You know? And it was like, what? It was just at 10 years old. Turns out there's some key ingredients to making things in your life. And turns out as followers of Jesus, when you begin to try to build your life, create your life, and you don't start with the peace of Christ, I'm telling you this, your life will begin just to ooze out everywhere. See, Christ holds all things together. That's what Paul's saying. He has come to reconcile all things. The brokenness in your own identity, the brokenness in the relationship with others, the brokenness that you experience in your workplace, he has come to reconcile. This is what Simeon began to experience. This is what Simeon began to see. Listen, what he says is this, though, right after that, he goes... Not only may you dismiss your servant in peace, listen to what he says in verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. It wasn't just that God was going, oh, Simeon, you're a good priest and only you get to see Jesus. He goes, oh no, you have prepared him in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, meaning people who were not Jewish and for the glory for your people, Israel. See, Jesus isn't just for a few people. Jesus is for all people. And then he says this, then the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against to the thoughts of many hearts and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. And coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Their peace, their comfort. What I love is this, if I could summarize the peace of Christ, this is what you see in this passage. The peace of Christ is for every generation, nation, and situation. I love that, man. When I read this passage, I was like, wow, he's for every generation. Wow, Jesus is the peace for every nation. Wow, Jesus is the peace for every situation. 
I love this. I've learned this. This is the first time in the history of the world, in the history of the world, there are seven generations alive at the same time. And here's what God is saying in this. He's saying, I am the peace for every generation. I'm the one that will hold every generation together. I'm the one that will bring peace. This is what I love about the church. The church is every age. It's every walk of life. I love that God speaks to Simeon, a man who's about ready to die. And this is what he says, Simeon, I know your name. I know your situation and I want you a part of my plan. Anna, I know you're a widow. I know you've gone through struggle. And guess what? I know your name. I know your situation and I've come to give, bring you peace. This is what I love about God. I was taken back a little bit by Luke when he goes, Anna was very old. I'm like, dang, Luke, right? Like just bringing the hammer there, right? But he's like, hey, hey, she's old. And here's our, sometimes this can become, especially a younger generation like me, sometimes this is the mistake we can make about church. Well, church is only for the young people. And guess what? Church is for the young. Guess who also the church is for? The church is for old people. See, the church is for every generation. There's not a generation, there's not a person that you and I will look at that go, mm, we don't need them anymore in the church. Every single person is invited to be a part of God's church. And he's for every nation. Listen to what he says. He says, your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, will be a, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory for your people, Israel. This is what I love in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 10. John, Jesus' best friend, when he... When Jesus has returned back to heaven and John is in isolation, he's away from all this, Jesus visits him and he gives him a vision of heaven. He lets him in on what his future looks like. And listen what John says. He says, after I looked, there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, and they were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. You know how we have racial reconciliation in our world? Through the peace of Christ. See, the world is watching what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. And even if you're not a believer today, this is what we see going on there. We both look at that and we go, something ain't right there. We look, around, look along how different races can't get together. And can I just let you know, here is our hope for how racial reconciliation happens. It happens through the blood of Jesus, amen. That every single race can come together, that there can be grace, that there can be reconciliation, that we can come together, but it's not because of our goodness, it's because of the goodness of Christ. And then he says this, that I'm for every situation. Simeon tells Mary and Joseph, honestly, he says, listen, Jesus is going to cause the falling and the rising of many. He's going to be a sign that's going to be spoken against, and the thoughts of many hearts are going to be revealed. And Mary, a sword is going to pierce your soul too. And that word sword there, it's a Roman word. It's not like a little bit of like a switchblade. That sword there is like a dagger. And he says, Mary... As you're going to follow Jesus, as you're going to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to let you know you're going to experience significant pain. Can I let you know this is why we need our church family? Because specifically some of you this week are going to experience significant pain for being a Christian. After Christmas Eve, you may go and meet with Christmas, uh, Christmas maybe dinner with some friends or some family. And I've talked to a number of you. You go, yeah, I'm the only believer in my family. Some of you this week, you're going to go to your family dinner and people are going to go, hey, how was your kumbaya service? 
right? You know, did you go get your Jesus on? You know, and you're like, okay, all right, great. You know, make fun of me. And what you're going to need in that moment is the peace of Jesus, the peace in your pain. See, this is what Anna needed as being a widow. She needed peace in her pain. And so how do we experience that in our waiting this Christmas? How do we experience the working of God in our waiting? How do we wait well? How do we honor God? A couple things I just want to point out that Simeon and Anna do that are going to help us experience Jesus this Christmas. Number one is this. You know what they did? They just simply walked with God. Some of us, we, we begin, we feel like we got to do these great things for God. No, no, no. You know what is great to God? That you would walk with him. This is what I love about God. He invites you and I to walk with him. This is what the passage says, that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon, the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon, and the Holy Spirit moved Simeon. You know what the world needs more than ever? He needs, the world needs people full of the Holy Spirit. People who are walking with God, people who will give the grace of God, people who will give the truth of God. People who aren't afraid to love their enemies. People who aren't afraid to bless those who won't bless them. This is what I love about Simeon and Anna. They both just walked with God. But you know what they did when they walked with God? They worshiped in their waiting. I love that Simeon, when he picks up Jesus, the first thing he can do is this. He praises God. And the first thing Anna does is this. It says that she worshiped God day and night, fasting and praying. There's something that happens in your life and in my life when we behold Jesus, when we worship him, not just here on a service, but when, our, when we leave here and when we wake up in our afternoons, when our lives are about the gratitude to God, God, thank you. You didn't need to rescue me, but you did. God, I didn't deserve your peace, but you give me peace. One of my favorite quotes is from John Newton. Uh, he wrote the song Amazing Grace. And if you know the song Amazing Grace, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a what? Anybody remember? A wretch. He was deeply, deeply remembered how unworthy of God's grace he was. He was a slave trader until God got a hold of his heart and went, maybe this isn't the best way to live life. Listen to what he says. I love this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes by him. He says this, in honesty, he says, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I want to be. I'm not what I hope to be in another world. And then listen to what he says, but I am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. John Newton knew this. I've got a long way to go, but here's the thing. It's not about me getting my peace. It's about peace has come to get me. And he's come to save this wretch and he's begun to change our life. But then here's what Simeon and Anna does is this. This is what I love. They walk with God. They worship God. But then this is what they do. I love it. They spoke their peace. They spoke their peace to people. Simeon, it says this. Simeon blessed Mary and Joseph and said to them. He blessed them. He spoke peace over them. Anna gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She gave thanks and spoke about it. Can I, I just want to let you know, specifically this Christmas, there are more people than you and I know who are looking for peace. They may not say that, but they are looking for it. Matter of fact, this is why on the way out, we encourage you guys to pick up just these Christmas Eve service invitations just to give friends, to give family. And I just want to let you know, I'm not going to ask you to do it and then not do it myself. 
Uh, matter of fact, last week, Ruthie and I, we had a, a, a we, only thing we could do for our day, uh, a, a date was just to, to meet over lunch. We didn't have an evening free. And, and so we met over lunch and we had a date. And while we were there, uh, the waiter, his name's Daryl, came up. We started chatting and he goes, man, you guys, you guys sound like you're foodies. And we're like, well, you know, life's short. Let's eat well, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and we just struck up this conversation. And he goes, hey, he goes, I grew up here in Louisville. And he goes, I, I lived in New York City for 10 years. And I just moved back. He says, uh, where, where should me and my girlfriend go to eat? Where, where, what, what restaurants? Oh, man, you got to try this place. And we started this whole conversation, this, that, and the other. And da, da, da. He came back, came to bring the bill. And he goes, uh, hey, man, I don't, I don't mean to sound weird, but... Uh, would you and your wife ever go on a, a double date with me and my girlfriend? <laughs> and I was like, Daryl, yes. Dude, that'd be awesome, man. And I'm like, would it be? I don't know. But I'm like, yeah, man. And I, I just said, hey. And this is my mom. I'm like, hey, man, I'm a pastor across the river. I said, I would love to do that. And he goes, I knew you had good energy, man. That's when you know they're not from the area, right? We're like, man, you got that energy, right? And then I said this. I, you know, I told him, like, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a pastor across the river. And then this is what he said. He said, Brother in Christ, brother in Christ. What was amazing was just there in the restaurant, he got my information, invited him Christmas Eve and said, hey, anytime you, well, let's, let's do a double date, let's do this. You know what Daryl and his girlfriend are looking for in this season, even though they know the Lord? They're looking for a community of peace. They're looking for people who would actually spend time with them. They're looking for people that would comfort them as they transition back to this area. They're looking for people whose lives are not just obsessed about themselves, but their lives are actually dedicated to helping people see and experience and know the peace of Christ. This last week as well, uh, my wife was running two of our oldest kids to different practices, and it was just me and Zeke, our five-year-old. And she said, hey, why don't, you, why don't you take him out to dinner? And we just call it bro time, right? We just kind of go do dinner, just me and Zeke. I said, Zeke, where do you want to eat tonight, buddy? Just you and me. He goes, let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I said, I know the hand of the Lord is upon you, my man. I knew and the hand of the Lord is upon you. And we walked into Buffalo Wild Wings this week and we went in. Not a table was ready. I was like, buddy, we're going to have to wait. Dad hates to wait, right? And uh, now I want to stay and eat, Dad. Help me, Jesus. And I uh, sat there, and staff was working as hard as they could. Finally got a table cleaned off. We sit down. Lady comes up, trainee on her badge. I'm like, son, we're going to have to wait even longer. You know, like this is not going to go good. Come find out, this lady was phenomenal. Food came out hot. Drinks were refilled. This, that, and the other. I said, ma'am, you just need to know you are doing incredible I think one of the most generous things we can do this Christmas season is just affirm when we see people doing good work. Amen. Just speak life into them. Hey, I see you doing a great job. I said, I said wow. I said, you're actually doing really good for a trainee. <laughs> I was like, you're like, this is awesome. She goes, well, actually, I worked at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Clarksville, Tennessee. And my family and I just moved up here. And I'm getting a job here. And we're getting adjusted. And life's just kind of crazy. And I'm here. Had, had this in my pocket. I said, well, hey, listen. As you guys transition, if you need a church family, we would love to have you. Here's some Christmas Eve, sir. We, we, we want you to know you got a church family that's with you as you come to the area. And she didn't say no. And she didn't say, I don't go to church. She, she, all she did, she just, thank you. 
Thank you that, that, that you would actually invite me. The, the story doesn't end, and then I baptized her right here after this. You know, it's not, it's not this glorious, it ought, right? You know, that, that's what we think all those stories have got to be. Can I just let you off a little bit? It's like, no, 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 no. All you need to do is this. Speak your peace. Hey, hey there's a peace for you as you and your family transition here. You have a church family. Daryl, as you and your girlfriend come back, I just, as a brother in Christ, you have a church family. Some of you, man, you're waiting on so many things to change. You just need to know your peace is here. I want to invite you, before we go and speak our peace, here's what I want to invite you to do. is just simply this. I want you just to let your peace speak to you for a second. That's what Jesus did in John chapter 14, verse 27, in his last night with his disciples. This is what he knew his disciples were going to need. He knew they were going to need peace. He was going to go and die he knew they were going to feel all alone. He knew they were going to be overwhelmed. And this is what he says to them. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace, I leave with you. You're about ready to experience the loss of your Savior, but I'm giving you peace in your loss. My peace, I give you. And I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't mistake peace in this world for the peace of Christ. So do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. I don't know where you need peace today. But your peace is here. One place that I've needed the peace of Christ this year is my 97-year-old grandpa passed away. My dad's dad this year. Here's the thing about loss. Even though I've had him uh, for all 40 years of my life and he was alive for 97 years, an incredibly godly man, here's the thing. When you lose somebody, you want 97 more, don't you? And here's the thing. I've needed the peace of Christ this year in my loss. And we want to do something just like Simeon and Anna. Simeon was about ready to die and he experienced his peace. Anna knew she was at the end of her life and guess what God gave her? Peace. And I just want to do something today. As we head into the holiday season, we know this can be an incredibly tough time for those who have lost loved ones. And I just want to pray over you. Before I pray over us as a congregation, if you've lost somebody this year, would you just stand? I just want to pray over you for a moment. If you've lost somebody, would, would you just stand? I know it's a courageous thing to ask, but would you just stand? See, we didn't know when we walked in this room how many people needed peace. This is the power of the church that we come together. Matter of fact, I want to ask you, if, if you need it, you don't need to, but if you need it, we got our staff and volunteers at the end of service that if you need prayer today, we got people that will come and pray with you, just meet you right where you are. But you need to know that your peace is here in your loss. See, Jesus didn't come just to die to take away sin. He came to conquer the sting of death and to give you and I a hope and peace in our pain. So if you know the people who are kind of standing next to you, you just want to put an arm on them just to comfort them. I want to invite you to do that right now. I just want to pray over you right now. Father, in every service, I've been overwhelmed by the amount of people who have stood up. But God, you are not overwhelmed. For you are the God of all peace. 
Father, for every single person who is standing, God, you know their name, you know their story, you know the person and the reason why they're standing. And Jesus, that is exactly why you came. And so, Father, we know this is a heavy moment, but that's why you came. You came to lift the burden of sin and death, a burden that we could not lift. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray for your peace to overwhelm these people right now. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Peace in our waiting. Peace in our pain. Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you, God, that because of you and your plan, your rescue plan of Jesus, that death will not have the last word, but Jesus, you do. That's why we worship you. Heavenly Father, would your hand of mercy and comfort surround these families this Christmas. Surround them in this moment right now, Father. For you are the God of all peace. And I want to invite the rest of us to stand right now, and I want to pray for us in this moment. To allow the peace of God to speak into our lives. I have no doubt that God, through his word, has been speaking to you. And this Christmas, you need peace. And so I just want to pray for you right now. And then I'm going to invite you to tell God right where you are, where you need his peace. And so if you would, would you just bow your head with me? Father, I know every single one of us in this room, God, we may not specifically say it this way, but God, we need your peace. Father, we may have experienced some work loss. Father, there may be some issues in our life that have come to fruition that, God, we can't ignore anymore and we can't run from anymore. And the good news of what we're finding is this, that, Jesus, you have never run from it this entire time. Jesus, we need your peace. Thank you for giving it to us. Right now, I want to invite you, just in your own words, maybe you've never prayed before, Maybe you've never told God where you need his peace, but right now, just in your own words, I want to invite you. Tell him where you need his peace. Because his peace has come to get us. In your own words, to speak to him right now where you need his peace.